Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. It's not enough that it happened, but it was a a very normal, I would suspect, visitation. We would go by our dad on the weekends. Yeah. So every Friday we would leave after school and we would come back Sunday evening. Yeah. And enough time to, you know, get ready for get school, ready for school yeah. the next day. So it was just a normal that weekend. That was the expectation. That, yeah. Like this is the normal. Normal. But they would fight all the time, like fist fight not just like arguing that you can hear on the other side of the wall wow. but fighting you know so I, I respectfully even as you recall it now there's there's like this hit me out it's like a tone of of, of normalcy like like this was this is it's how it, this was the environment this is how it was and this is what i was used to i don't even know what to say about that except for that's what i was used to Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. This is a safe space where men share their fatherhood journey. These conversations are transparent and, more importantly, vulnerable. Now, because each fatherhood story is situationally nuanced, some topics are heavier than others. The commonality found amongst all the guests is a genuine desire to help and inspire other men through telling their story. And now... Here's your host, Derek Johns. Derek Johns. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. This is typically a safe space for men to have vulnerable conversations about the fatherhood journey. What I do recognize is that there are no men and no fathers without the mothers that birthed them. So for Women's Month, it is a theme. Got my first female. Can we say female? We can't say female. We say woman. We got our first. He shouldn't uh, say female. You shouldn't say female. Cool, 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 right, cool, cool. I'm not even taking it out. I'm just acknowledging it. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> All right, got the first uh, woman guest on this podcast because I think it's important. Sade Benson, welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. Thank How you are for you? having me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm always good. Always no good. No complaints. That is true. I've known you for a short amount of time, and your attitude is always good. Where did that? Where did that come from? I just I don't have time to be in a slump. Yeah. I don't have time to be upset. 
I mean, I get upset, you know, I have my moments, but it's just a moment. I right. can't let it linger. I just got too much to do to be upset. It take too much energy to frown. Like, I'm just not, it's not happening. Gotcha. I'm going to have to adopt that. Definitely going to have to uh, uh, try to get some more smileage in my life. I think my, my family will appreciate that. Yeah. Um, let's get the elephant out the room. That accent is New Orleans. thick. <laughs> New Orleans, New you Orleans, got Louisiana. New Orleans, born and raised. Born and raised. I was actually raised right outside of New Orleans, like twenty minutes outside. It's called Violet, Louisiana. Um, but I've lived in every city in New Orleans possible. Really? Up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's let the audience in on the secret. You're, you're my podcast sister. We're in a, we're in a, uh, a a development group that is going through the, the the paces to get better at podcasting. So that's how we came into contact. Yep. Uh, before we get into it, I, I definitely want to give you the floor to highlight your podcast and Crown. Let's talk about that because everybody needs to know. We're going to have to insert some exclusive footage <laughs> about that. Yeah, so my podcast is um, the story behind the CEO podcast. So what I do is um, I inspire up-and-coming entrepreneurs um, to show them basically that success is obtainable mm. by bringing on different CEOs to tell their backstory, their struggles, let them know they're just like you. If I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. And allow them to be vulnerable and open um, to the audience so that they don't think that is something that they can't reach. Right. So you're on the right podcast if, you, if you're talking vulnerability and transparency. Yeah. Those are the only requirements of this podcast. Mm -hmm. And you got to be willing to help somebody. So that's why we tell these stories. Absolutely. not to sensationalize anything. So let's um let's let's talk about your your family dynamic how did you grow up two parents in the house one parent in the house what was that situation like that situation was uh so i grew up with my parents and my both parents in my home for like maybe the first four years mm. and then um it was just my mother and my siblings and myself my parents yeah they divorced when i was four mm. so when I was eight, I want to say, she told me that my dad wasn't my dad. Like, he wasn't biologically my dad. Wow. So, I have his last name. He signed my birth certificate. He named me. He yeah. took care of me. Everything. He knew. She knew. I just didn't. Everybody knew. I just didn't know. Yeah. And I think um, she waited until she felt like I was mature enough to, you know, to uh, understand what was going on. So, she explained to me um, who my, my dad was, and it was actually... Um, a guy who lived with us, it was her boyfriend at the time, where well, they would kind of go back and forth, but she was like, this is actually your dad. You know what I'm saying? So we had a relationship too, but I just didn't look at him like my dad because I had a dad. Yeah, so in that <clears throat> moment, you said you were about eight? Eight, when, when yes. You had that information. Were you, how did you process that as an, as an eight-year-old? Do you even remember like how it impacted you finding out that your dad wasn't biologically your father, and, and what did what did it change? It just made me. It didn't really change much. It made me curious, mm. and so um, I was able to early on. I'm able to understand like my dad is very sensitive, so it's certain things he don't want to talk about. He doesn't really want to say. So I know I kind of want to ask him because my mom told me, but then my dad didn't. He didn't say anything about it. I don't even think he knew she said anything. Wow. So I would go over there like on weekends. And I asked him, so my biological dad, we're like the same the same uh, color. My mom is chocolate. Mm. My dad is chocolate. All of my siblings are chocolate. I was the only light-skinned or lighter one in the house. Right. So I was like, all right, um, 
I would ask my dad, like, how come everybody else is a different color than me? Like, why am I the lightest one? And he said, well, it's all about jeans. And I knew what it meant. I just wanted him to tell me. Yeah. So I would say, like, um, like the jeans I have on? He was like, no, like <laughs> genetics, like DNA. And I was like, I don't understand. And he said, well, it's not a conversation I even want to have. Wow. So he never even wanted to tell me that. Um, how, how did you... Is that still... No, I want to be respectful out there. No, go ahead. Are, are they both still living? Yes. Okay. Both of my dad. My mom isn't, but both of my oh. both of my dads are. Okay. Is it still a, a taboo topic today? He don't want to talk about that. He does not want to talk because in his mind, this is my child, and that's it. Gotcha. I do not want to have a discussion about a another man. He even goes as far as being petty about it. Like mm. um, my dad does. It, me and my dad have the best relationship ever. Like he has been there since day one. So he does everything for us, like just anything. Like we moved into the house, he's like, I'll buy you a refrigerator. I'm gonna put a playset in the backyard for the boys. Like just stuff, like, like just everything. Yeah. If I'm crying and if I call him and I sound too upset, he's coming. Right. Because he feel like uh, you might not be telling me something, so I need to see you, yeah. you know? So um, he knows that my biological dad doesn't do half as much as he does mm. and my biological dad actually only lives like five minutes from me wow. and my dad lives like 40 minutes out so it was something delivered to my house that I couldn't put inside my husband was gone and so I called my dad like I need you to come stop doing what you're doing yeah. I have to go to work so I need you to bring this in the house I can't pick it up I can't carry it the guy who delivered it said they can't bring it in the house they have right. to leave it outside so he comes to pick it up and he makes a joke like, oh, why you didn't call this one around the corner because you know who the real man is. Like, you know, he does yeah. stuff like that to be petty, but it's also to let me know, like, I got you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's how I take it. Yeah. How, yeah. how, how um, <clears throat> do you know much about your, your dad? And I want to be clear when we say your dad, we're not talking about. My biological? No, no, no. My dad. The, your dad, the mm -hmm. one that's been there 45 minutes away, always coming. How much do you know about how he was raised or brought up with his family? Was um, that a part of your, like, were you part of that family too? Yeah, because? yeah, yeah. Okay. So my grandfather, my dad's dad, my grandfather and I was super, super close before he passed away. Mm. So, you know, I, I just always thought he had like the best life ever because my grandfather was just like my dad, like a, like the man, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you don't see the struggles and all the crazy stuff when you're coming up. You you think about it more when you're older. I just knew I had a great support system with my dad, my grandfather. Before my grandfather passed, if my dad wasn't agreeing with something I wanted to do, I would get on the phone and call my grandfather. Like, your son is tripping. You out. know, help me out here. Yeah. You know, I switched schools and everything. My grandfather called. He was like, if she doesn't want to go, don't make her go. Yeah. Pull her out, put her somewhere else. You know, that was the relationship that we had. And so um, that was kind of from my, from what my dad said, how it was with them, yeah. with them growing up. Um, but my grandparents had divorced early on as well. Okay. You know, so that's about as much as I know about it. Again, those things are just touchy subjects for him. Yeah. And we just, we only talk about the good things and like, I, that's it. And that's because of him, not me. Cause I'll be okay with, you know, but he doesn't, he's very sensitive with those kind of things. He don't want to say anything. How does it impact the way that, that, that you interact? Is it just something that you can compartmentalize and you know, we just don't, we don't go there on certain things or, or do you, do you want to have these conversations? I'm getting to the point where I'm trying to pull those conversations out of him. Okay. Both of my, both of my dads actually, cause we've 
had a conversation maybe a month ago. So I'm doing that for me. Sure. For my journey and um <clears throat> to understand more about myself. Yeah. Understand more about my mom, you know, because my mom passed away when I was nine. So uh, yeah, so it's like all these different questions now I have to ask and um, I think I was just, me and my biological, we were just having um, a conversation about how did this all happen? How did you know that I belong to you and, you know, not this person? And so yeah. he was kind of giving me the backstory on that. So it's just me, um, for my, like I said, for my personal journey, me wanting to know more about the situations growing up. I think, I think that's, I think that's, um, dope as you're pursuing it, I think that's a natural, um, flow of life, right? We, we, we kind of circle back to things that, st that we still have questions about and we yeah. want to know more, more about ourselves. W did they always, did your, your biological and the father that raised you always know about each other? Mm -hmm. They all grew up in the same town. Really? They grew up in the same town and they had, uh, from my understanding, a few encounters before I was born and right after I was born because yeah. my mom was going back and forth basically. Yeah. So she really wanted to be with my biological, but the kind of lifestyle that he had, my grandmother wasn't approving of it. Mm. So my dad had a job job. My my biological was a drug dealer. So my grandfather my, my grandmother was like, No, it's not happening. Yeah. And I believe that one hundred percent because she butts in. Yeah. You know, so um yeah, so they, they live like a couple of blocks from each other and they had regular toxic going on. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's, okay. it's out there now. Okay. Uh, so, w how did your <clears throat> when your mother passed? What was the d dynamic like between you and them two? My biological was in jail at the time. Okay. He had just went back to jail, and to this day, he blames himself for everything that happened because he wasn't home. Wow. Because they were together before he went to jail. But they, he didn't know that they that they didn't know he was going to get that much time, and Got I don't it. even remember how many years it was. But they didn't even know he was going to get that much time. Got it. So they thought like he's going to turn himself in. He might be out in sixty days, kind of thing, and that never happened. So my mom actually, my mom was murdered by her boyfriend at the time, because once she wasn't with my biological, and some time had went by, she was with another guy, not my dad, just another guy, you know. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, the host was not ready. No, no, no. no, no okay. I'm saying I, I was, I'm trying to process all of the things that your mother was murdered by who? Her boyfriend at the time. So let's, let's see. Let's say in 19, let's, let's, let me try the timeline for you. Mm. In 95, early 95, my biological went back to jail. Okay. He got time. Um, maybe late 95 yeah. she gets with this guy who we know nothing about he moved from a different state whatever so he came in to live with us i mean everything and then they were fighting stuff like that and um may 96 he killed her so <clears throat> let's back let's back up for a bit and paint kind of the backdrop of the environment the city, the neighborhood, were these normal occurrences? Were you surrounded by violence mm -hmm. in your younger years? What, yeah, what not, did it look like? But not so much. I don't even think it was so much um, violence with man on woman, mm -hmm. just violence, period. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't even say we really lived in the hood. It was just like a regular, 
neighborhood with regular people. Okay. We all didn't have much, yeah. but that's just where we live, you know. And you had you saw different fights and different things like that 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 might have happened. Yeah. Um, but that kind of chaos I didn't see until it hit my house. Wow. And and you're nine years old. I was about eight, eight when everything was form. yeah. Where do you fit in the the order of your siblings? I'm the oldest. I'm my mom's first child. Wow. And my I have my brother who is two years under me and my sister who was a twin, well, who is a twin, one of the twins passed away. Um, they're four years under me. Wow. Yeah. So. So imagine me trying to that's, play wait, that's, mom after That's after what I was gonna August. ask. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna ask. Like, what, what was that shift of pressure like to you at that age? That's the a lot of responsibility. Came, the pressure came a little later. Okay. Because at first it was just more of a shock. And so it was no pressure or nothing because I'm like, I don't even really understand what happened. Yeah. I left for a weekend to go with my dad. We come back. We don't have an, uh, the other parent, you know? Wait. wait. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You want me to break it all the way down no, for it's you? Not like the, <laughs> I know you backed up to give me the timeline, but these, like these, it's not enough that it happened. But it was a a very normal, I would suspect, visitation, right? You you went to the other... Yeah, we go. We would go by our dad on the weekends. Yeah. So every Friday we would leave after school and we would come back Sunday evening Yeah. and enough time to, you know... Get ready for get school. Get ready for school yeah. the next day. So it was just a normal that weekend. That was the expectation. That, yeah. Like, this is the normal... Normal. But they would fight all the time, like, fist fight. Not just, like, arguing that you can hear on the other side of the wall, wow. but fighting. You know, so I, I respectfully, even as you recall it now, there's there's like this. Hear me out. It's like a tone of 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 normalcy. Like to it, me, it, like um, like it was like it was things were going on as regular. Like that weren't like like this was this is it's how it, this was the environment. This is how it was, and this is what I was used to. I don't even know what to say about that except for that's what I was used to. Yikes. I didn't think it was okay. Yeah. But when we were growing up, we were always taught, and I think it's just the worst thing ever, what goes on in this house stays, stays in this house. Stays in this house, man. So I couldn't even say anything. And then I learned later on that my mom had reached out to other people and, you know, tried to get help or, you know, or whatever. But she had to remove herself from that situation on her own time. And apparently that's what happened. Cause again, I'm asking all these questions as I get older. Yeah. So she leaves him for the last time. And then he came back in to do what he did. So how yeah. did, how does that, how does that impact you today? And not in an insensitive <clears throat> manner that you lost the parent. I know, what I understand, I haven't lost parent. What I understand, that never goes away. So I'm not asking, yeah, are you over it? I'm no, not no, asking no. that at all. But how do you process things today through that lens of what you saw growing up? I never want to put myself in that predicament. Mm. And me not, not wanting to put myself in that predicament, put myself in that predicament. Because it's either you go away from what you saw or you go right into wow. what you saw. So I had to go to therapy because technically I was the aggressor. Really? Yeah. And it's not nothing that I'm proud of. Yeah. And it's not nothing that went 
far or anything like that, but I realized what I was doing and immediately started backing out of it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that way, you know, in my relationships or, or, or whatever. I just don't want to be that way. What Was it a sense of <clears throat> it's going to be you, not me? Like, I, b- before you can get, before you can have that me one, in that situation? It was like, don't even... If you're gonna, if you're gonna argue, first of all, I don't even want to argue, but mm. I can. So if you want to argue, stand over there and do it. Because if you're standing right here, then I feel the ways. So it was like a trigger kind of yeah. thing. So I couldn't handle the arguing, but I didn't even know all of these things until I became an adult and got into a relationship. Because this happened when I was a kid, so it took for me to go to therapy. Of course, I understood why I was doing it, but it still took for me to go to therapy yeah. to unfold everything. Yeah, you know, and to really understand that you're just mimicking everything that you saw, and that's what I tried my whole life not to. Yeah. At any point, did you, were you always a relationship person all throughout your life or was there a period where you weren't interested because of what you saw? It wasn't that I wasn't interested because of what I I saw. I tried to make better decisions Mm. with relationships, with, with the men that I dealt with. Yeah. You know, that was literally it because by nature... I love love, you know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. Like yeah. I'm I'm not gonna not be in a relationship because of that, because I like being in a relationship, you know? Yeah. So I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to be careful. So what did that cause I I love love. I love that you said I love, I love, love. love. It's a whole bunch of love. <laughs> a whole bunch of love, love going on. <laughs> what like where did where did that piece of it come from if it that if that wasn't what you always saw model, at least in the home with the because other my relationships? Mom loved love. Hopeless romantic type. Yeah. So wow. and that's that's the part. So I, I made it a, I made a decision, like okay, take the good parts from her, believe the the bad stuff. That's what I tried to do anyway. Yeah. It didn't. It took time for me to get there completely. And I'm not even all all the way done, but that was the part of her that I took on. The like you said, the hopeless romantic, the the um the writing, the poems, the stuff like that. Like that was what I wanted to take from her and embrace because that's how I wanted to remember her. Yeah. Kind of thing. Writing in poems was was that was that a release? It was. Is it still a release? Yeah. And I don't do it as much as I should, but I did say that I was gonna get back into it. Yeah. What um is there any part of you that thinks things would have been different? The whole part of me thinks okay. things would have been different if she was still here. I think about that all the time. Mm. Anything, anything, anytime anything goes left, anytime just don't go right. It's yeah. like, bro, I would not have to deal with this if, you know, my mom was here. I just don't have that outlet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I have my dad, but my dad, my dad is like super protective. So it's like a lot of things that bother me. I don't like to tell him because I don't want him to react a certain way. Yeah. So there, there's a very, um, I would characterize your relationship with your father as loving but delicate, right? There are certain things yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that are triggers for you, triggers for him. How does that impact the woman, right? To have that guarded piece of the relationship where you need a, a, a part of your dad that you just can't access, right? Cause I want, cause uh, like, a lot of women listen to this podcast too. A lot of men listen to it, but I want men to understand our dynamic. Yeah. Like what we do, what we cause with our actions, how they impact, right? Because sometimes we take ourselves away from the situation so that we don't have to think about it. So mm-hmm. I want people that are investing time into this conversation to understand like what. 
it's hard for me it, because it it's hard for me because I always felt like I had to carry everything, yeah. the whole load. My mama left. It's like, all right, now I, me, everybody's taking care of us, but I have to take care of them, my siblings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then now I feel like I have to take care of my dad. Mm. You know, I meaning his feelings, his everything. Yeah. So it makes you feel like you always have to. Um, carry everything yeah. and it turned me into a control freak basically wow. so i had to control everything i feel like i had to control everything you know i wow. still feel like that yeah. with a lot of things what's your what's your your family dynamic today i know your mom so it's my husband myself mm -hmm. and we have four kids four kids what ages what ages are the kids 14 9 7 2. she did that way <laughs> better than me. i gotta take a pause <laughs> every time i start talking about my kids I got to pause and get the order right and remember what year it is. <laughs> Let me tell you, I forgot because my son's birthday just passed a couple of weeks ago and I put eight on the cake, not realizing he was nine. And my daughter was like, wow, so you don't know. I'm like, <laughs> listen, at this point, it's too many of y'all. Right. Look, at the end of the day, he got the cake he wanted. The number just wrong. It's yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Technically, he's still, he's eight. He's more than eight. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Man, so I get it. I Man. get it. What, um, did you say, did, did, how many boys, how many girls? Two boys, two girls. Two so boys, two My girls. daughter is the oldest, a 14-year-old. Okay. I have my two boys in the middle. Mm. And then I have my youngest daughter, who's a, the two-year-old. Okay. What is it like for you to parent boys? And is it different than? Yes. The girls? Yeah. The boys are so loving. The boys are so loving. The boys, every, especially my oldest son, like they just love their mom. Yeah. It is what it is. Like I love my mom. The girls, like whatever. Yeah. Whatever. My oldest daughter, she don't want to have no parts of nothing because she's fourteen. But my youngest, um, my youngest daughter, she's she's pretty clingy. Um, but I have to parent everybody super different. Yeah. Um, but the boys, as, yeah. Yeah. Cause they don't. Well, my oldest son, he don't really give me any issues. It's my younger son and a little one. Trying to. That's the yeah. Yeah, they trying to try to yeah. figure out those boundaries. <laughs> Do you find yourself, um, what's the right word? Sorry. Nervous or timid about certain conversations with your daughters because of what? No. Mm. 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 We gonna have them. Yeah. Because my mom had them with me. We didn't have, she didn't have like, oh, we, I didn't like the what goes on in his house, stays in his house, but I did like the fact that we talked about, we talked about sex way before I started having, like, of yeah. course, you know, before she passed away. We talked about all of these things. Oh, you know? wow. So like at eight, nine, yeah. seven, eight, wow. Yeah, we had these talks. We would sit in the car sometimes. we sit outside on the step. She made sure to have certain conversations with me yeah. that were hard for, that would be hard for anybody else to have with me. You know, it's it's hard. I'm just as a man with sons, I find myself dancing around topics before I go. Like I, I don't just go right into topics and I do. because because I, do. I, I didn't get that growing <laughs> up, right? And right. It's, and and my story was it was not as traumatic. My point is the conversations aren't always had, and the dynamic has very little to do with why these conversations are had. Yeah. So I, that's something that I'm struggling with now. How do you, how do, how do how does it impact your conversations with your boys when you're teaching them how to treat a woman? And I'm not, I'm not, dis, they, I'm not dismissing your husband at all. No, I don't no, want to no, take no. for that. But that's a good thing because they see, no matter if we, if him and I have anything going on or we're not really getting along, they still see how he treats me. Yeah, that's So, big. 
that's I think that's a part of why they're so loving. Mm. Because even if we argue and are doing whatever, we they don't get that part. Yeah. Now, it took a while to get there. You know, by the time I wanna say my oldest son, by the time he was like two, we had kind of mellowed down with everything with the arguing and stuff in front of the kids. Okay. So we made it a priority not to do those kind of things. So having oh, those oh, oh. so so the, when you referenced you were the aggressor earlier in the conversation, that was with your current husband. That was with my current husband uh, and with, um, so my 14 year old is not biologically my husband's child. Okay, okay. So with her dad as well, because okay. that was the only two real relationships gotcha. outside of like high school that I've, you know, really been in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so when they see that, that's, it's easy to have those conversations with them. Yeah. You know, and you got, one lover boy and the other one's like, I don't know, I might have a few girlfriends, but I'm like, no, that's not what we're gonna do. Well, you know? but, but, well who's who's which one? My is which? oldest is very loving. Okay. He's like, okay. you know, he wants his he wants a wife and he's not gonna cheat on her. He he's not gonna queen. treat her bad. You know, yeah. So that's how, you know, and he always says that he doesn't want to upset me. You know, so he doesn't, he's very, he's way ahead of his time. And my youngest, he's still very immature, so he doesn't yeah. even get it just yet. Yeah. But it's easy to have conversations with them. Like, I'll just start, whatever I want to say, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. I'm very open and upfront, and I joke a lot, and I say things that other parents probably would not say in their house. And I use terminology that other people probably wouldn't use. Right. But I want my children to always know that I'm going to be upfront. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. And if it's something like, if it's something I think they can't handle, I'll wait until I feel like they can. Yeah. What's the what's the most important um, characteristic from that you look that you rely on in your husband at this stage of your relationship? Like, what is that? What is that that thing that um, that sustains you that you appreciate about about him? I think the fact that he just allows me to be who I am. Mm. He doesn't stand in the way of anything, any mm. of my goals, any of my traveling, any, not even my parenting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He might tell me every once in a while, like, he didn't like the way I handled one of the kids or, yeah. you know, next time do this or I wouldn't have done it like that. Yeah. But for the most part, he does not interfere with whatever I'll have going on. Yeah. So I can definitely appreciate that. Yeah. What do you think is um, the ideal you? I assume that you're still working on yourself, working through some things. What is what does success look like for you as you're as you're becoming? Right, that's the word. Right, right. As yeah, you're, as becoming. You're becoming. What does it look like for you? Like, what is that thing like? I like where I'm at. If if I could just when I get when I get this under control or when I, I get this thing, success is being able to have a whole team of people around me to take care of everything that I have going on and me being able to be home more mm. in a bigger house. Yeah, you know, with just being home. Yeah, and being able to not have to miss any games or not have to miss it, just being home. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to, I don't like to say that because I don't want to be, I, I want to be still successful. Yeah. But I just want it to all flow. Yeah. And I don't have to always put my hands on everything every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. So that's what it looks like for me. Yeah, it sounds like you got the right support system in your home. I love it when, like, at, just for me, something I had to learn to be, how to be supportive of my wife. 
Yeah. Right. Because uh, because y'all y'all be changing. <laughs> I mean, we we be changing too, but y'all y'all be changing. We do. We do. And I had to I had to set my pride aside and realize that you know. Um, she gave up a lot for me mm-hmm. to go chase these things. And now she's at a stage in her life where she's looking for that get back. Like, yeah. yo, what's, is, is it my turn? That kind of thing. So I, I get it. Salute to him for being supportive. And, and, and that's one thing I have dreams. to, I have to give him. We, we, we're not in the best space right now. We're not, you mm-hmm. know, I can say that honestly. Um, But yeah. ever since day one, he's had my back with whatever it is that I wanted to do. Yeah. So I can't even front. Um, I might not have liked the way sometimes some things were said. I might not have liked the way it was handled. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm still allowed, not allowed, but I'm still, it's, I'm just doing whatever I want to do. And yeah. that's, and he's still supporting that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Whether yeah. we get along or not, he's still supporting that. Yeah. Because he knows where I'm on my way to. He yeah. knows that and he does not want to his words, he doesn't want to stand in the way of that. Yeah. You know. So I, I have to I have yeah. to give him that. I you have to give him. You don't want that regret, him. bro. You don't want that regret standing <laughs> in that way. Um and that's cool. I, I appreciate you being honest. Like I my wife and I have a podcast called Healthy Marriage is Dope. It's mm-hmm. not Healthy Marriage is Perfect. Right. Like we <laughs> in full disclosure, we've done podcasts that never came out. It's like, hmm, that was I'm for us. I'm not saying that. I'm <laughs> not putting that <laughs> like, out. That was that was really for us to figure right. out and go do some work. So so I again I love it. Um I want to be respectful of your time, but as we wind down, I want to end on the thing that I am very proud of. That Boy. that the people let me make sure the people can see. The people can see. <laughs> crown is it Crown Collection? It's Crown, crown Me, me Collection. That's the original name. Yeah. And then we have all the Crown University and the Crown yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, how did that come about, businesswoman? <laughs> so I um I like being comfortable. Mm-hmm. I like t-shirts, I like sweatpants, I like hoodies. I like everything that I sell. I like those things. Right, right. And um I kind of wanted to, I always want to create things. That's yeah. just been me. I just like to create. So I wanted to create something um that represented myself and represented my family and stuff like that so i started coming up with ideas and different names and just like i literally just did it like just try let me just try and see what happens experience just nothing yeah nothing i didn't even consult with anybody i like it i didn't even consult like i had like 50 logos because i kept changing it the name i had to and i liked crown because of royalty and stuff like yeah. that and um and that's what I wanted to represent like you know royalty but I wanted to be comfortable and then I think one of my friends she was like well what does it mean I'm like I don't know it's, you know but I had to go back so I go back and I and I say okay if somebody's going to wear this they have to know what they're wearing yeah. and they have to know what it represents I think you know that makes people want to you know want to buy more yeah. you know what I'm saying so that's when I came up with the kingdom rises and overcomes world negativity um to embrace destiny and that's crowned and so i actually put the definition on a shirt hold on hold on hold on did you was it immediately clear that that was a reflection of your life no it was afterwards because i'll say something or write something down and i don't even know why at the time mm. and that happens so often so i have to go back and be like well damn you know it's like I don't know if God just puts the right words or the right whatever in my hands and I just write it down. It's all on paper. Yeah, I think I, th- I think you do know. Yeah. <laughs> I <think you laughs> and I go that. back and I'm like, that kind of that kind of seemed like no, me. That's fly. You know? That's fly. And and I actually if I was thinking I would have worn 
my suit today. We'd have been in solidarity. It's but, all good. Know, I, the love is still yeah, there. It's all yeah. good. But no, I think I think it's a really really dope line. Um, to the women watching, women can do anything. In case you didn't know that, this is uh, living proof. I'm just saying that people see you, mm -hmm. people believe in you, and um, I, I I know it's gonna I know it's gonna go crazy if it ain't already. I, it's like. Yeah. We at the medium point. Yeah. I want this point. You know, <laughs> medium ain't doing it for me. Cause, Bigger. Yeah, I want this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you know, but um, I'll continue to work on that and continue to do all the things that I need to do yeah. and just continue to overcome all the obstacles yeah. and to not be a statistic because that's how I felt that early point. on. Like with everything that happened to me, I should not have been successful. You Technically, should not, you should not have been successful. I should not have yeah. been successful, and that's what I feed off of that. I shouldn't be. Yeah. So it's like being a rebel. Like you don't want me to be successful, but I'm gonna be successful. So. Well, I appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, I appreciate the, the fact that we were in the same place at the same time. Absolutely. You are the first woman guest that uh, I've had a conversation with on this platform, and uh, I want. I the, the whole month is dedicated. I think I said it at the beginning, but yeah. I, 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 it is very helpful to have your perspective, mm -hmm. sharing a glimpse into your story. Um, I didn't want to go any deeper. I wasn't prepared to go any deeper, but that, I mean, what you've overcome, mm -hmm. I'm sure will be inspiring, instrumental uh, to, to many. And I hope it causes the men that are listening to take inventory of their actions, Yeah. right? Because sometimes there's no excuse for it, but I'm sure there's some some sign where they say red flags, flags mm -hmm. that, that happen red along flags, the way that we need flags. to be, as yes. men, we need to be more aware of <laughs> Absolutely. what triggers us before we get to that point of escalation from which you really can't return. When the damage is done, it's done. Absolutely. You may heal physically, but um, I think you get the message. Uh, any any partnership? How can they find you? So you can find me on social media um, at the story behind the CEO podcast mm -hmm. on Instagram. I'm sorry. And actually, what we talked about today, I'll be doing interviews solo. Okay. Um, so people can know more about myself. Yeah. So eventually um the audience will get more of that story yeah, yeah, yeah. and they'll get more and you know more into detail so you yeah. just gotta stick around a little bit but um at the story behind the ceo podcast and at crown me collections with a k on instagram as well fantastic i'm not going to prolong it uh we appreciate you guys god bless you peace the dear son podcast is produced by d john's live studios all rights reserved don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time.